Hey, it's Chef Scoobs. Welcome back to Scoobs Kitchen. Today I'm talking with Alfredo Linares. From selling street tacos in Mexico City to pasta chef at a Michelin star Curtis Stone restaurant in Los Angeles, Alfredo has had an amazing ride through his culinary career. Before we get started, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review. And if you want early access to episodes plus exclusive monthly bonus episodes, consider becoming one of our Patreon members. You can find details at patreon.com slash scoobskitchen. All right, let's do it. Alfredo, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing, Scoobs? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to you. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me today. So you live in the LA area? Uh, yes, I live on Culver City, um, um, LA. How long have you been there? Well, I've been living here in, in LA for almost 19 years. If you've been there that long, you've probably seen a ton of changes. I mean, what's LA like? I haven't been there in years. What's it like uh, yeah. now? I remember uh, like in 2005 when I used to walk on downtown LA, it was like a lot of parking lots, right? But if you walk there now, it's a ton of buildings, like apartments, businesses, like it grew up so much. Like the parts of Hollywood, it's just constructions, 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 a lot of business happening. It has changed a lot, dude, you know? The last time I was there, they have, um, it's called LA Live, right? That whole central area with all oh, the yeah. entertainment and stuff. By Olympic, where the Staples Center is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they used to do the X Games on the parking lot. Oh, yes. dude, yeah. I totally remember that. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah, I totally dude. remember that. Yeah, I used to uh, ride the bus from Olympic Boulevard back in the days, and uh, I used to see the X Games there. It was like, oh, dude, that was so cool. Now it's all about uh, the Nokia Theater, Staples Center. Like, it's pretty dope, dude. When I was growing up, there wasn't much to do down in downtown LA, except that's where we went to get fake IDs. I was 16, and I don't know if you know where Alvarado Street is. Of course! You know Alvarado? <laughs> Everybody knows that. I was about to ask you, where did you get it? <laughs> Dude, oh my God. So yeah, I was 16, and so there were four of us. And it's like, you know, four white kids in a car going down there. Now that I think about it, it's like, that's the dumbest thing that we could have done. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty dumb. But, but yeah, we drove down there. There was no GPS. There was no Google. Yeah, Maps. yeah. It was just, we heard like, oh yeah, you got to go to Alvarado Street. They'll they'll take care of you. So we did, yeah, we yeah. drove down there. We get on the street where we don't even know where we're going or like what to look for. And yeah, all of yeah. a sudden there's this, this dude on the side who holds up his fingers, like his thumb and his first finger and wiggles it in the shape of ID. And clearly we stick out like this guy knows what we want. And so we pull over and he's like, you want IDs? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we want IDs. Like, okay, follow me. So he was walking on the sidewalk and we followed him in our car, middle of downtown LA. He's like, okay, park here. And then we got out. We walk in this little shitty building. It was like a, some kind of yep, store. Yep. Whatever. He's like, California driver's license. It'll be $30 each. It was it 30 bucks. Give me the money now and come back in 20 minutes. <laughs> we're like, what? No. We're like, what the yeah. fuck? This guy's going to jack our money. But it, it shit, man. It worked. He, we came back 20 minutes. Sure enough, the dude had four yeah, IDs yeah, yeah. and they looked legit. They worked. But the problem was, this was like, yeah, okay. like 2000. And it's right when they started doing scans of IDs. At, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. Yes, yes. I totally remember, dude. At like, liquor stores and mine yeah. got jacked like it worked for months and then it got jacked because yeah. this dude scanned it and he's like uh this is fake so either you can give it to me and get the hell out of here or i can call the cops shit give it to you. dude that, something similar happened to me i went the same place because i was underage as well but what yeah. i did was uh i had a mexican id 
you know? So everywhere I go, they they would say like, oh, this looks fake. But they couldn't scan it because it was a Mexican ID. <laughs> and I, I remember I went to this show. It was uh, uh, for K-Rock, Acoustic Christmas on Universal Studios. It was a whole metal show. And I was in line to get a beer. And the lady was checking the ID. She was a Latino girl. And she was looking up like, damn, I'm fucked right here. Oh, and shit. she was concerned about like, dude, something's wrong with them. Like, it might be new. I just got it. And uh, so, yeah, dude, like, I relate to that story. That was great, man. But yeah, like, downtown right now at night, it's like super cool to walk around. There's too many bars open. And uh, I remember, I don't know if you remember the Grand Central Market. No. It's like on Broadway in the 4th Street. It's a great place for you. Right now, it has like too many restaurants. Like, so there's food for all over the world. You have Indian, you have Hawaiian, you have Chinese, Mexicans, of course. And that's a great place where you can go and find like a little bites here and there. Before LA, you, you're from Mexico, right? Yeah, I was uh, or, um, born and raised in Mexico City. My parents uh, moved to the South. I don't know if you're familiar with Acapulco. Like if you heard them. I've, I've heard of it. I have not been there, no. So it's in the South. So that's where I kind of grew up. Uh, I grew up in a small town. Uh, from that age, from five to sixteen, something like that. Yeah, I was uh, living with my mother. Mexico City. I, I know a lot of people that have been there, and I I haven't been there, but everybody loves it. and the food. Man, I'm sure the food's. Oh, the food is great. Like, like right on Mexico City, you can find uh, food stands in every corner. You know, and even though they're selling like the same type of food, let's say the same tacos, they taste different, and they're all good. I don't know what they do, but. Uh, uh, and this is funny, you know, if you go to Mexico and you see like a food stand and everything and you see like 20 dogs around that, that's where you go. Because even the dogs know that is like <laughs> super delicious. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, let's go over there. That's what I miss about Southern California is the little side of the road, mom and pop food stands, yeah. especially Mexican food. I love Mexican food. Tacos, yeah. burrito, man. We had this place. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's called El Burrito Junior. I haven't heard of it. No. <laughs> okay. There you go. Do me a favor. Go check out El Burrito. Yeah, I'm going to write it down right now. It's either in Torrance or Redondo Beach. El Burrito Junior. Yeah, you got to check it out, man. And I'd love to hear your opinion. Of course, man. Of show. course. Yeah, I would love to try it. I think you told me you started selling tacos on the street, right? Was that uh, was that yeah, California was, or Mexico? No, I was in Mexico. You know, I quit school at John H. I was like, fuck, school is not for me. My mom says... Well, you got to get a job, like you're living free, you know? So um, luckily for me, like kind of being on the streets all the time, like I knew already like the vendors. It just happens to uh, to start helping them, you know, like carrying the plate, all the stuff and slowly, slowly, like keep an eye what they're doing, how to do it, like how to serve the tacos, like, how they make the salsas. I don't know, man, it just come out. And I kept, I kept with those guys for like solid Three months, because, you know, like, I was young and I didn't want to work. Uh, three months but, uh, is a long time. <laughs> and uh, But I still remember it, dude. You know, that's the funny part, because uh, uh, somehow we got, like, picture image how they did everything. This whole street, we used to call it the street taco, because it's just food left and right for, like, the whole block, you know? And uh, all the smells, all the flavors of everything just comes into that block, and you can see the whole town in that block. So oh. I got to ask you, you're like a, a, the world's expert on tacos. What makes the best taco? I got to say, you got to let it marinate it in beer. You had to um, make it super tender with the, with the flavor of beer. The, the yeast of it 
And of course, like the seeds, the spices and everything, but the way I know how to make tacos, we marinate it with beer overnight. Any beer or, or any or, uh, or specific beer? Modelo. Modelo Especial. That's my favorite me, Mexican that... beer. Oh, there we go. Then you love the tacos, man. You know, in SoCal, you grew up on, we had Corona, we had Soul, uh, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we couldn't afford the Modelo at the time, but you know. <laughs> All right, so you marinated in beer, green sauce or red sauce? What do you think? For me, green sauce. For me, it's like the best. Like, and every time I ask if I go and buy tacos, which is the most spicy one? And yeah. he always likes the green one. Yeah, green salsa for me is the best. Uh, oh. I'm not a big fan of tomatoes, I guess. But uh, how about you? I got to go red sauce. Red and sauce? I like you. Yeah, I like, like spicy. Um, if, actually, if you can get like a fresh pico and make, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And make it spicy, man, that, that's it for me. Yeah. I don't like the real thick, you know, sometimes the sauces get too thick and it just covers everything up. Just a thin sauce that's peppery yeah, and yeah. some fresh veggies in there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you two choices. There's, okay. there's plenty of choices, but okay. barbacoa or carnitas? Ooh, carnitas. In the beer? Yeah. And the beer. Yeah, definitely. Carnitas. Oh, yeah. That has, yeah, that'll be number one. Though. Damn, I'm hungry uh-huh. now. Oh, dude. <laughs> so you went from tacos to getting into pasta, right? I yeah. mean, you're, you are a pasta chef, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But like, yeah, how, yeah. Did, how did you end up at pasta? It's a quite nice story. Uh, I was unemployed, and uh, uh, I had this friend who was working at an Italian restaurant. So I went in there, and they say, like, this is the guy I know. And they introduced me. It's like, all right. So they throw me into the line and to, make, to start satin, you know? And, uh, but I met this chef, uh, his name is Francesco. He was a young guy from Italy, actually. The way he cooked, like he was so excited, so happy. And he was like, Alfredo, Alfredo, come here, smell this, taste it. That kind of got into me, you know, like the passion he had to making the sauces for the pasta. And it was fresh pasta every day. So he taught me a lot, a lot. And uh, a few years later, I found another Italian restaurant and the pastas weren't that great. Because the lady who was making pastas, she wasn't that good. And I was comparing, I'm like, there's something wrong with this. There's something wrong with this. And I was comparing. So I asked the chef, like, can you let me do the pasta? He's like, all right. So I went into the making the pasta and I start feeling it. I'm like, ooh, you know, and I start feeling and I said, like, this could go with, with gray sauce. This could go with this gray sauce, you know? And I made the fresh pasta. I made the noodles and then I jump out and cook it. And that's when it happened. You know, I even got chills right now just to think I love, about it. I can tell. Dude, your passion for making pasta is, is phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, dude. My girlfriend was so mad at me because I speak about pasta all the time. <laughs> you know? I, I could eat pasta every day. Every oh, man. Day. I love it. I love it. Like I say, especially when it's fresh, fresh pasta. Oh, I love that thing. And it feels like it, it speaks to me. Dude. I'm telling you that much. Rolling gnocchi has got to be one of the biggest pain in the ass things. You make handmade gnocchi? I have tried a few times. <laughs> Not very successful. <laughs> you, you stick to the noodles. I stick to the noodles. I was trying actually Natalie and the uh, and they, they, they just didn't come out right that time. It's one of those things if you see someone do it that's really good at it, you're like, that's fucking easy. Like, I yes. And then you try but, uh, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, and, and it, it is all on the hands, like the texture, what you're feeling it. Everything is there, you know? My wife and I have been going hard on carbonara lately. Okay. Oh, that's my favorite. It's harder to get 
good pasta over here. So we'll use mm-hmm. spaghetti noodles. Sometimes we'll use like a penne. All right, let, let's walk through the carbonara. What what type of pasta is your your go to? Um, I will say uh, very classic, like bow tie. What's the other one? Casarese. Casarese would be nice with it. You know, like a small rolled noodle. And then I'll put some gronchala in there, or uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, man, I'm getting hungry too, though. Yeah, you got to put some meat. <laughs> in. Yeah, because it's where I'm at. It's dinner time for you. You're just doing breakfast. What do you garnish your carbonara with? Uh, I'll do uh, fresh chives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh chives. I don't know why, but uh, I always love that. Like the spicy thing, a little like sparkles on your mouth when you buy the chive. Like it, I think it works perfect with it. You know, it adds so much flavor. I I use yeah. chives for pretty much every everything that I eat on a daily basis, and I'm nice, I don't nice. speak Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese at all, and so we know like a few select words and phrases, okay. and we had to figure out what chive was because okay. it's so important. So now that's one of the only words. Cebolino. What is it in Spanish? Uh, cebollina. Cebollita. Yeah, 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 I mean, Spanish and Portuguese it's are... They're close. They're similar. So some of the words sound similar, but if you if you write it down, they look the words look similar on paper. But man, the language is so different. Like mm-hmm, on a mm-hmm. day-to-day. Uh, like Spanish, like we just went to Spain a couple weeks okay. ago. And I don't speak Spanish either, but the words kind of make sense when people are talking to me. Like it, yeah. I kind of get what they're what they're saying. I know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. In Portugal, it, dude, it's like they're speaking Russian. Like, it, no joke, it sounds more Russian than Spanish. It's crazy because these two countries are right yeah. next to each other. It's just like uh, okay, this is an example that a word I know. Uh, mujer, this is Spanish, right? Muller or something like that is uh, uh, on Portuguese. It's oh, mujer, mujer. You know, it sounds. I, sh- I should know that. <laughs> now, now I'm embarrassed. Nah, uh, it's funny because I feel like I know how to read Portuguese. If you give me like a sentence on Portuguese, I feel like I understand it perfectly. No shit. Damn. Yeah. It's like kind of the same with Italian. I have heard that if you speak Spanish, you can kind of figure out what they're saying in Italian. A little bit because the the roots of the words are the same but i was that dumbass kid in high school because i mean <laughs> you know you know where i grew up it's where you live like everybody sp- speaks spanish you take Famous, spanish yeah. in school and i yeah. was like you know what i'm gonna take german like, okay <laughs> like that that sounds like a good idea because my family's german but so i took german and i, I totally i fucked up man I should have taken Spanish. No, it's funny. It is, I heard of that story so many times on the restaurant, especially with the service. They're like, oh, man, I wish I can speak Spanish. I only took Spanish or they took French or German or any other language, but not Spanish. And yeah. now they speak Spanish, <laughs> especially <laughs> that. When you're 15, you don't think about these things like, yeah, you know what? I think Spanish would be useful. You're like, yeah. no, I think German's yeah. cool. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Or Latin or something. That's very funny. Yeah. Do you know it's funny how I learned English? Drinking. <laughs> hey, man, that doesn't sound too crazy. <laughs> this I, I kind of lost my um my fear or like the shame of people making fun of me or my accent and stuff like that. Uh, and that's how I learned English. Though. And the little words that I knew, I was practicing like the same story. I practiced it with someone else's. But I just wanted to keep practicing, you know. And of course, I was wrong. So. <laughs> it was easier. <laughs> what about TV? Were you watching a lot of English TV? 
That's why you said yes, I did uh, the seventy shows. Nice. <laughs> that was my yeah. Till the day I still watch it. I learned a lot from it, like the American culture, especially how you get along with your parents, with your friends. We've met some people here that are English speakers from a lot of them are from the UK, and they've okay. lived here like thirty years. And at home, they still speak English. So oh, you've, wow. you've been in the US twenty years. When you're at yeah. home, do you speak Spanish or do you speak English? I speak English. Really? Yeah.、Uh, my dad got married here, so I had a stepbrother, and、uh, he was born here. He speak like Spanish and English, but his main language is English. He was one of the persons、uh, who always helped me and not making fun of my accent. So for the first what four months, we speak Spanish, but then it was nothing but English. So every time I go see him, English. I have few friends that speak Spanish. But I don't see him that often. But、uh, at home, my girl speaks English, so I, most of the time I speak English. Going back to the pasta making, you ended up working at a celebrity chef-owned restaurant in LA as the pasta chef. You hit the top of your game. I did, I did, and、uh, I'm telling you, man, that was a blessing.、Uh, I had a rough time on a previous restaurant, not this one, and so I was looking for a job as well. And I have a friend, you know, like these connections and restaurants helps you a lot. So it's like, hey man, they're looking for a cook and stuff like that. I'm like, all right. So I went to the interview. I spoke to the chef, and I said, like, this is what I do. Blah 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 blah. It's like that's perfect. That's what we need. He shows me the bag, everything. Like this is gonna be your station. It's a big board for to make pasta. I'm like, am I gonna be here? He's like, yeah, dude. This is <laughs> your space. I was like, hell yeah. Like shit, yeah. And、uh, right away, the first thing is like, okay, I want you to make me parpadella pasta. And I was like, "What? Yeah, like, do you say you know?" I'm like, "All right." And this got me right away because、uh, not a lot of places when you hire and you say, "Oh no, how to do this?" And they're like, "Okay, do it." But I made it, and then,、uh, well, yeah, I stayed there for for a whole year. I saw some pictures on your Instagram with a, a Michelin plaque. Yeah,、uh, when I started working,、um, you know, it was like right after kind of the pandemic. How it happened, it still kind of shocks me. We were just doing what we love. To get a start is just like unbelievable, because、uh, we were just like I said, doing our thing. You know, you got three, two guys like doing what they love. You know, everybody taking other stuff, and then when you get the news, you're like, "Wait, what? Like, what? What happened?" You know, like it still took us like two weeks. We look at each other like, "Are we really? Are we? You know, like that was awesome, dude." And you know, like, most people think that. It's the executive chef that did it, or gets the credit, or whatnot. But it's such a team effort. How many guys in that kitchen? At the time, we were maybe three. We we're kind of like short staff at that time,、uh, so we all were helping each other, like taking care of two stations, maybe more. But the thing about this place, what I, I think is one of the best places I've ever worked, is about the team they had. You know, like everything is about the team. Like I remember this day, the chef comes to me and says, "Like I'm gonna need three new pastas for the new menu." And I look at him like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right." So it was such a great opportunity that they laid, they laid, they laid you be creative and be part of the menu, be part of the team, be part of the whole thing, which is that place. You know, everyone of us like put a little piece for the menu for the menu. Then when the time comes, you light it up all the dishes. Chef comes in, tries it, and gives a green light. That's、it's、gotta just, feel pretty good, man. Because yeah, I assume, 
when you talk about chef, I mean, is it Curtis? He's, he's the guy yeah. there. So yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta feel pretty cool where, when someone like that looks at your food, tastes your food, yeah. and it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking good. And uh, I mean, the, the man is, is great, dude. He, he is very respectful. He comes to you, gives you advices when you need it. Uh, he's there with you, um, teaching you, well, you know, he knows a lot, but I still remember this time when he came to me and said like, your pasta was delicious. You know, it was like, ah, yeah. that, that was one of the best moments of my life. It was like, you know, and, but that's what they're all about. You know, they're bringing out new chefs, creativities, and just to put them out there for the people, you know? And like I said, when you have two, three guys that they love what they do, that's what happens. You get a mission start there. It's passion. You have to feel it. You know what I mean? You have to, there's things I said that you have to understand what you're doing. Not just knowing. Knowing is good, but uh, for me, like you have, just like I said, I feel like the pasta speaks to me. That's how I uh, kind of interpret it. There's got to be a lot of pressure working at a place like this because it's owned by a celebrity chef that a lot of people know. It's on the Michelin Guide. I mean, that's not just a normal restaurant. Yeah. Compare it to, you know, some of the other places you worked. Is it a stressful environment? Was it, I mean, going Um, to work where you're like, oh God, I got to do, you know, I can't be good today. I'm going to like speak for myself and the experience I had there. Like at the beginning, it was kind of like intimidated for me. Because, you know, like you're working with these big chefs that they know what you're doing, right? But I get along right away. And it wasn't, like I said, like the pressure on it. You don't feel it that much because everybody knows what they're doing. And the support they give you, yeah, we 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 got this. You know, there's chefs that are like, oh, you all this and that, that you got to make it perfect, perfect. No, they're, they're all about growing. You know, like they leave you be and let's make it happen. You know, so it doesn't feel that much pressure. But at the same time, you got to understand where you're working. Yeah. You're not just going to go and toss things out and send it. That ain't going to happen. You know, because you got to stay at your place where you are and make it happen. The pressure kind of started a little after we got the start. Because like I said, we didn't know what was going on. And the reservations went off the roof for the very first week. And you're like, wait, what? You're there like busting your ass for like what? 10 to 12 hours a day. When it was like 8 to 10. Now it's 10 to 12 hours, you know? Now that's when they feel the pressure because uh, a lot of people like for big restaurants are like, oh, really? You're a Michelin star? Let's go see what you got. So you got to make sure the consistent on it. And yeah, man, so far we kept it because we love what we do. But yeah, you, you feel a little um, a little pressure in it uh, to make it right. But and pride uh, though, right? You, you felt a lot of pride because yeah. you were part of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that exactly, exactly. Because now that you feel that, I feel like you make it even better every time. That's how I felt. Like I never thought in my life I would get there. I haven't been to that place. Is it a big restaurant? How, do you know how many seats? I want to say like 150. That's pretty big. So I can imagine there was VIP events, you know, oh, large yeah. parties that came in. That yeah. could be the worst, especially in an, a town like LA where you have high profile guests that are probably super picky and have ridiculous requests do you remember any events that were just like really shitty to work like just uh, pain in the ass maybe in another places but here i was everything was like how to say very nice straight what's the word organized there we go like we had our special menus for events and they had to pick the uh, which menu they want and uh, sometimes we got a buyout like the whole place for themselves and we had special menus for them 
and they go for like you have any allergies or stuff like that so we know like what to do and so we don't we don't have those kind of situations where oh i don't want this or no that people don't realize how much planning goes into oh. running a restaurant like that mm -hmm. you have the, the executive chef and then you have all of the managers what do you think man you think you want to do that you want to run a big place like that uh i'm more like a simple man i mean that's great and, and all of that you know but for me i think it's uh more like i've been there done that i wasn't even on my plans to be that the, uh on that kind of category but uh i mean it happened you know and I'm very proud and I'm very happy that it happened. But I see myself more like a traveling person, like learning about the cultures of the food and of different parts of the world, you know, and probably bringing it all together in one place and uh, make something out of it. Is that what the future holds for you? You want to open your own yeah, place? I think so. Like, probably not as big, but uh, definitely, definitely something that I can work out. Like I said, like, I want to learn food from Japan. I want to learn from, from Portugal. Like, you know, and just bring it in one small place, have a nice environment, you know, like so people come in for everybody. Just have a great time, you know. Well, you live That's in the right town to do that. that yeah, 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 yeah. You going to stay in the L.A. area? I'm thinking five, seven more years. Like I said, I want to travel. In Mexico, I mean, I want to learn like my culture, the whole culture, <laughs> you know, different parts of cooking. Because, you know, Oaxaca, like, makes mole, but also in the north. Like Michoacan also makes mole, but they're different type of mole. They, they use different spices. That's what I want to learn, to bring all those spices together or maybe get spices from India and bring it back and combine it with the Mexican spices. And that's kind of what I want to do, though. So when you go out, when you're not working and you're not eating at home, <laughs> if you want to go grab something, where, what do you like to eat? Uh, you know, this is going to sound funny. It always does. I, Every time. Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> I eat junk food though. What kind? Of, what do you mean junk food? <laughs> you know, like fucking hamburgers, fucking pizzas here oh, and there. Yeah. Even at home, you know, I don't cook at home. You know, but a lot of people think because you're a chef, like you cook all this fancy food at home. Like, hell no! You're tired. No one. You're do, tired. You That's just... the last thing you want to do at home. No, if you're if you're an accountant and you spent ten hours a day doing accounting, you're not going to go home and be like, I want to do some more accounting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I like, watch TV. like even my girl's like, "What do you cook for me?" I do cook for her, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired of cooking. And uh, the other funny part is like, when you say when you go out and eat, we judge the food. She says like, "Could you stop?" We just, I'm like, I can't help it. That's what we do. And I'm sure like a lot of chefs will like relate to this. What's your favorite burger place? I like. Places that is like mom and pop's places because they have like very classic burgers, like just uh, cheese, tomato, lettuce, some uh, awesome sauce on it. They has the flavor in it, but it's not super extra with a lot of cheese and then another cheese. That's, People that's overcomplicate everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to food, like a basic cheeseburger. Have you exactly. seen the movie The Menu? Oh my God, dude. I didn't yeah. even finish it. What happened? You didn't like it? I didn't. <laughs> I I thought it was like over, like extra and everything. I mean, it's my kind of humor because it's all satire. Okay, okay. It's just making fun of the entire industry and the whole Michelin thing and all that. But yeah, it was so over the top. Oh it was God. over the top. So I was like looking and I'm like, what is all this? This, this is not how it goes. 
Man, this is not how it goes at all. So it, it had the opposite effect on you. You got pissed off. I mean, now that you say it, that it, it turned the table around, that it's more like comedy a little bit. Maybe I'll give it a try again because I wanted to get into it. I want to get into it. And I give it two tries. I'm like, I want to see it. You remember the old movie Waiting? Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that shit's funny, man. That is accurate. That yeah. is that yeah. is how it goes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's accurate. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. <laughs> like everything when you're cleaning and the five minutes before closing and you're like hoping to not no get way. anything. Or like the first thing you wrap to put it away, that's what they order. <laughs> It's one of those industries where it, you you can't make this stuff up because exactly. it's just so ridiculous and it happens it all the time. And if you, I really think that it would be good if every person that was growing up had to work at a restaurant, like it was a requirement. You had yeah. to work at a restaurant for like a year. You understand not just about food, but just about people exactly. and how, how shitty people can be. Yes. <laughs> Customers at restaurants are the worst. They are the worst. Ooh. You can have really nice people. I'm not saying it's yeah. all bad. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, the, it's like the worst of people can come out. And the way you know it is because the servers come to the back and they just start like talking mad shit about all these people. <laughs> and then you have two, three servers around just, yeah, yeah, I agree. And just talking mad shit. And then the line cook jumps in. <laughs> The moments where the front of the house and the back of the house get together and just gang up to talk shit. Those are yes. like the best moments ever. Best. Because normally, normally they're totally separated. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of times they don't get along very well. Yeah. But there's a few things. And it's usually a, it's usually a bad customer to where yeah. everybody in the kitchen's like, yeah, fuck them. Fuck that. 26. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, say they call the number like this guy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I never done anything wrong in the food, but uh, you know, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, everybody blames you though. Everybody blames you. You know, <laughs> this is what I love about restaurant. I wouldn't change my job at all. Like you meet such a unique people in there and you can find the nice guy, the attractive guy, the chubby one, the tall one, the smoker, the drinker, like all kinds of people. And then when you come together and and talk about like life stories you're like holy shit dude i love this industry that one i can't say do you know what i mean that's why i'm doing this podcast man there's yeah. so many people that have different backgrounds different languages exactly. worked as a dishy worked as an executive chef you know a celebrity yeah. chef it doesn't matter because all these people come together and they've figured out that food is what they want to do yeah and they all have yeah, the same yeah. stories when you are at work you're talking about the parties blah blah blah, blah like when you went out and when you're out there with them drinking, the only thing you talk about is about work. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is that even on the days off in a lot of restaurants, the, they come back to the restaurant. They come to the restaurant. And yeah. That's when you know you have a great place is when yeah. all the servers in the back of the house, they'll just come in on their day off because they want to have a beer or shoot the shit or yeah. whatever. Especially because we got 50% off. Hey, that's shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, off food, free food. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Let people know how they can find you and, you know, whatever you want to share about yourself. I mean, my name is, you know, like Alfredo Linares. You can follow me on Instagram. My name is Alfredo Pasta. It's been a lot of fun and I wish you yeah, the best in, in all the things that you're doing and uh, and we'll talk later. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This has been a, like a great opportunity to me, you know, like nothing but the best for you, brother. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
Bye, everybody.